Scent World is an original series presented by Scentbird, a fragrance subscription service that brings you luxury designer scents every month for $16.95. Unlock 50% off your first month at Scentbird.com. Welcome back to Scent World, a show that explores the power of expressing yourself through scent. Today, we're featuring Matthew Herman, the co-founder of Boy Smells, based in Los Angeles, California. One idea has ruled the fragrance industry for generations. Women wear florals and men wear musks. When Matthew and his co-founder, David Kean began making candles out of their kitchen, they took a different stance. They named the brand Boy Smells and packaged products in a pink box, giving rise to what they call genderful expression. It's an invitation to embrace the gender spectrum and tap into your fullest power by calling on both the feminine and the masculine. In this episode, Matthew sits down with Marianne Machaskiu, who runs communications at Scentbird. He explores the history of gender-based marketing, collaborations with Grace Jones and Casey Musgraves, and why Boy Smells is a love letter to his younger self. Expand beyond the gender binary with Matthew Herman on Scent World. So you grew up in Austin, Texas. I did, yeah. What was your relationship like with scent back then? You know, scent has this like crazy power to transport you. Absolutely. And I I think the first time I like viscerally really remember that experience, I was walking down the street in New York City and somebody just passed me by and I smelled them. I was like, oh my God, that's my grandfather's cologne. But I don't remember my grandfather wearing cologne. If you ask me now what he smelled like, I couldn't remember, but like getting a waft of it, like it was like total recall for like you know, 30 seconds, which is so interesting. But I think growing up, there's since like playing in the dirt and maybe, you know, certain flowers that my parents had or like the smell of mowed grass or like the smell of going to the beach during the summer on family vacations. Those are the scents I kind of remember, you know, mm -hmm. but then I was always kind of fascinated by my parents' vanities. My dad kind of had his like very classic kind of masculine sense, you know, the green like, bottles, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like the polo. I think there was like that polo Ralph yes. Lawrence and the green bottle. He wore like Caswell and Massey green briar, a lot of kind of like Bergamonte kind of like sense. And then my mom, she wasn't a big fragrance wearer, but she did have a lot of scented powders and scented soaps and things like that. More just like pretty things yeah. that made you feel more luxurious, you know? And so I think I really fell in love with the scent of, um, you know, rose or violet, these more kind of like cosmetic-y, like old school, like feminine scents mm -hmm. too. So I, and I think I was like really fascinated by both. I think I love the idea that these things somehow were like, um, I don't know, like they signified like adulthood or something like that. Like there just seemed to be this kind of like extra special cool treat that like 
was like, oh, one day I'll get older and I'll get to have these kinds of things or something. Right. That's how you know you've made it when you have your green bottles <laughs> and your scented powders. But it's interesting too, growing up, I grew up in the South as well. And I feel like people are very much treated sense like in a very binary yeah. school of thought. So like for sure. The rose and the violet you were speaking of, as much as it's a scent, it doesn't have a gender, people would classify it as such. And I think that's what's interesting about boy smells is you're doing away with that. Yeah. So the main pillar of boy smells is something that we call gender full mm -hmm. rather than like gender less. I think for me, I really call on both my masculinity and my femininity every day. And I find a lot of fullness in my identity. And I find a lot of fullness through calling on those kind of two sides of a spectrum. I think gender is really three-dimensional, gender identity, gender expression. They're all different. And I think we all have our like muses and icons and influences and whether it be yin yang solar lunar masculine feminine i think that the world is kind of full of dualities and the more you explore both sides of the coin like the fuller your experience is and i think the more powerful you are and stuff so when we talk about gender full we think we talk about just gender inclusion it's mm -hmm. really more about being your best self, like exploring the full spectrum of your identity. And I think we're in a really cool place in culture. And right now we're like, that's very popular, you know, um, but growing up in Texas, like, I don't think experimenting with your identity and your gender and it was very much fraternity sorority, you know, like, you, which is great. And I'm not dissing on, on any of that culture right. whatsoever, but it was a very binary Kind of experience everybody was you know husband and wife and everybody knew each other mm -hmm. everybody's kind of not involved in each other's business but you know everybody kind of knew what you're up to it was a very small community so you know or a tight-knit community so growing up in those circumstances i didn't feel like i got the freedom as much as i would have liked to play experiment get to know myself better like in a more genuine way i think i'm a queer uh, individual. And I think that growing up in those experiences, you kind of like figure out the personality that like you like about yourself, but that also other people like, right. because, you know, you're a little bit, you know, that maybe like there's something about you down deep that's different. And that feels like a little dangerous, especially if there's not a lot of celebrated role models that like reflect back to you your own experience or your own identity like you kind of pick up on little micro reactions mm -hmm. or you just kind of get this idea that certain things are dangerous territory and like even like my mom's vanity which I said which I was kind of fascinated with I definitely had a sense I like this but I know I'm like not supposed to like this because right. this isn't for boys and that might be dangerous or get me in trouble or whatever so you know, me coming into my own, I came out in my late teens, early 20s. And, you know, I was kind of like, Oh, I've got this, like, I came out like I'm I I've mastered there's nothing for me to figure out. Like, I, I'm I'm good. I did it. But then as I got into like, my later 20s, I just realized, am I really the person that I've always wanted to be? Or am I still holding back? Like, what have I not explored? And I think that Un unwinding that ball of string because you're so sure of your identity because it's kind of always been the person that you've decided that you are. Mm -hmm. But if you look back, you're like, what have I made different decisions? What have I explored different things about myself? And so kind of questioning that 
fragrance became like a big part of that for me. I, I remember going to you know, rest in peace, Barney's. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and like exploring like fragrances that had like rose or tulip or jasmine or violet in them and being like, allowing myself to kind of like wear those fragrances. And like, they were so, so some cool companies doing really interesting things and like just feeling like, Oh, the mix of these ingredients is so elevated and so sophisticated and it feels so me. Mm-hmm. I felt like myself reflected back in a fragrance. I'm like, oh my God, it takes all the things about myself that like maybe I didn't even like or I was embarrassed about or I didn't know that I didn't like these things about myself, but like all the feminine notes and took some really cool masculine notes because I'm also like, I like to go out there and get it done and have these kind of this kind of masculine testosterone drive too, you know, mm-hmm. which, um, but like I have all these sensitivities and things like that too. And so wearing these fragrances that like pictured myself back to me in a way that wasn't like shameful or like it was like elevated and so fabulous. And I was like, oh my God, like it allowed me to see myself in the way that I had always seen myself, but maybe not, I felt like maybe not everybody else did or something. So when we talk about genderful, I think we talk about, I talk about that experience. Like at Boy Smells, we want to always take something that's traditionally masculine and traditionally feminine, remix it together and serve up scents for modern identities. And there's other really fun things. I don't know, like fun, weird fruit notes that you can pull in and you're like, oh, that's kind of like a, oh yeah, I'm a little kooky today. Like I'm going to wear this or pulling leather and it's, you know, very sleek and feels like super lush and and, and sexy. And then, so it's not just masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. It's just really recombining notes that kind of pull together like different personalities. Exactly. It's like an expression of yourself, a silent expression, but when you smell it, it's like, that's exactly who I am. That's who I'm going to be today. And like you were saying, it kind of like taps into something within you where Maybe you were quiet about it before, but now you're ready to turn the volume up. Yeah, exactly. We use like the three E's, um, explore, embrace, express. I love that. And I think that, you know, when you get a new fragrance, you like, you wear it and you're kind of like, oh my God, this is bringing out a whole different personality Mm -hmm. in me. And that's the explore. And then you like figure out if you like it or if you don't, and then you embrace that into a broader definition of yourself. And then you're ready to go out there and like express it back out into the world, which I think is super cool. I love that. And so you have such a expansive career in high-end fashion. We were talking about it a little bit before we got on the horn here, but I'd love to hear more about your work there and how, what it was like behind the scenes of these really fun, exciting swirls of chaotic energy at times at the fashion shows. And what that impact made on you and your perspective on scent. Um, so yeah, I think working in fashion might not have informed scent as much as like just brand. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved fashion. It's what I knew I wanted to do even when I was a little kid. Anytime in a movie or like a TV show and there was something to do with like actual behind the scenes fashion, I was just like so enamored by it. And I went to school in London for it and got to work for some amazing designers in London and worked for some amazing designers in New York, all kind of like runway based and a lot of young designers too, like people like just starting their, their businesses. So that was a really cool experience for me to see kind of like what it's like to build an organization and stuff like that. Saw a lot of like mistakes and saw a lot of successes and fashions of business were 
there's a lot of new brands every year and a lot of brands go out of business and it's very intense. Um, right before a runway show, you can work for like many weeks without a day off. Some Sometimes like the days before a runway show, you work many days with only getting, you know, a handful hours of sleep at night. And so I think that was good. It, it taught me a lot of grit, like a very, very competitive, like you get ahead by being the person who works the hardest. A lot of those kinds of lessons I, I learned there. Um, and then building the world of a culture of a brand is like so exciting and being on photo shoots and like understanding like what are the signature through lines from collection to collection that makes this like a brand, like what's the point of view of the brand and stuff like that. So I think all of those things have really served me well. And I think one thing about boy smells that might stand out is that we kind of treat it more like a fashion brand right. than we do a fragrance brand, but that's only because like everybody who works there kind of comes from fashion. And I don't know, like, I think that elevation, you know, of seeing something and trying to like make it look really kind of like, like beyond is like something that I, I absolutely adore, you know, and like, and creating the fantasy and stuff like that yeah. is something I love. So I think that's been like really useful things to pull into like building boy smells and, and, and being in fragrance. Definitely. And I mean, fashion is all about expression as is scent. And yeah. you've been able to pull that into your company now, which I would love to hear about the starts of boy smells. I hear you mm. started it out of your LA kitchen. What did yeah. that look like? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm actually like in the process of fixing that house up and I might sell it, but there's like like oil stain rings oh from gosh. like fragrance <laughs> drums, like all over the house. So like, because it, the whole house, well, it started in the kitchen. Okay. So let, let me back up. <laughs> it started in the kitchen and we were really just me and David, the other co-founder of Boy Smells. Um, we lived together at that time. And, you know, we were just like, David was working in production um, in, in high-end fashion as well. I was, I had moved to LA and I was working at Nasty Out. Um, and we were just like, Oh my gosh, so many deliveries, a del like a, a collection every month, like, like hundreds of designs. And, and we were just like, what? We'd love to do something that just kind of slowed down a little bit. And so we started making candles and it was really David's idea to start making them because he's much more kind of like figure things out. Like, how do we make this kind of person? And, and I was just always such a scent junkie. So I kind of was, you know, like, oh, I love scent. So I was really in there kind of like, mixing stuff that we found on the internet and just kind of just really blind dumb luck just kind of like trying to figure out how to make candles as a hobby and so we did that for a couple of months and then we kind of got a couple scents that we were like really into okay. you know but but really like stuff that we bought off the internet and so just through our connections and friends uh in fashion we were like got the box made ordered the glass and we just made a small run and I remember taking it in to like some girlfriends who were worked with me at Nasty Out because it was just a side hustle then. And like people were just like flipping out over yeah. it. They just loved like the fact it was called Boy Smells and it came in a pink box. And me calling it Boy Smells and putting it in a pink box was like, oh, I'm a boy and I'm allowed to like floral scent. So I'm mm -hmm. going to like call it Boy Smells and put it in a pink box because it was it was made by boys. But like. All my girlfriends at work, you know, they're wearing like chunky Rolexes and boyfriend blazers and they're wearing Tuscan leather by Tom Ford or Santal 33. And yes. like those are really masculine scents. And so 
they saw the pink box, but it was called voicemails. And it was like the sense of permission kind of like both ways to like occupy space outside your expected gender Venn diagram or whatever, you know? And it kind of was just like the sense of permission to expand that circle. And that's what I was getting out of it. But I didn't realize that it would kind of be a two way street. Mm -hmm. I kind of was like, Oh, this, this is like this little like gay candle company and we're never going to go anywhere. It'll just be kind of this thing that we do on the weekends and stuff. (laughs) But like that, the gender conversations come like so far and so fast. And also there's just like a big sense of humor with the brand. And we come up with like really fun names for, for all the candles and the fine fragrances. But so when we started it in the kitchen, we just gave it to friends and family it was just me and David, like, hawking candles. And then we got, like, a first big order. We stayed up all night. Like, the whole dining room table was just empty jars. And we were, oh like, gosh. melting wax in a wax melter and, like, putting in the fragrance. And just – and it was kind of like that for a while. And then it slowly started to get bigger and a little bit bigger. Then we got a factory that would make them for us. But, you know, our POs weren't big enough. And so we were always, like, at the back of the line and, like – Things would always deliver late to us because we didn't, we just weren't a top priority for anybody. And um, then we grew a little bit more. And then our friend Kari joined the business and she was our first employee. She still works with us. And it was like, kind of like went from the kitchen to the kitchen and the dining room. Okay. Then the kitchen, the dining room and the living room. And then the kitchen, (laughs) the dining room. And it was just like, all of a sudden, by the time we actually moved out of the house, there was just like inventory in the upstairs hallways and the guest bedrooms and just, and we were shipping everything out of there too. And so we moved to an office um, a couple years ago and we were like shipping all wholesale, all D to C out of that office. It was just, it was crazy. Mm-hmm. And every year we like doubled the business and just kept growing and growing and growing. But we, you know, we put every, we didn't pay ourselves for a long time. We didn't have any rent overhead. We mm-hmm. just kind of put every cent we made back into making more candles. Right. Yeah. The house that boy smells built. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember, yeah, I was working in magazines at the time when mm-hmm. you guys launched and I was like, oh, this is it. Everybody at the office, I remember was freaking out over these beautiful samples that were sent over. And I remember my friend writing a story and I was like, they're cool. Like they get it. You were doing something completely new in the scent space, especially for home fragrances, which I feel were very like one thing or another. Yeah. But one thing that I loved that you had said about voice smells was it was the brand is a reflection of who you are and that you wish it existed when you were in high school too. And it's like a love letter to the previous version yeah. of yourself. Is there a particular scent that kind of speaks to that former self that you've created? Well, I think the whole like genderful concept yes. and that sense of permission to explore beyond like the definitions or expectations of those around you. I wish I had more of that sense of permission when I grew up, you mm-hmm. know? And so I think having a brand like Voice Smells would have been cool for me to kind of have that sense of encouragement to kind of, I mean, the brand name is is so silly and funny and it comes in a pink box. And I think just kind of like, just making those kinds of decisions less serious and more kind of playful. I think right. identity is really playful. But when you don't feel free to explore your identity, identity can become really scary. Definitely. And so, um, you know, I think that I've tried to bring in like a sense of playfulness into my life. Um, And I've always been a playful person, but 
And I've always loved jokes and stuff like that. But like playfulness in our actual identities and who we are and how we represent ourselves, I think that's something that kind of takes a long time to learn if if, if you haven't felt the space to, to do it to begin with. For sure. And I mean, identity, you don't have to be the same person that you were yesterday or the week before. And you should have room to play with it. It shouldn't always be so serious. And I love how voicemails does take that playfulness. And it's also very self-aware. Yeah. I totally agree. Like, I think it used to be like maybe in our parents' generation, it's like you wore Chanel number no. five. And right. that was like the only fragrance you ever wore for the rest of your life. Identity is no longer like this static destination. You know, it's mm-hmm. always evolving. We're always reinventing from like just, you know, our politics, sexuality, taste, design, whatever. It's like you're always consuming and evolving and growing. And I want fragrances that feel that dynamic and have a couple on, that are in my rotation and bring out different parts of our personality. And so I totally feel that we are always evolving and reinventing ourselves is really important. And I think like fragrance can have the power to be a part of that journey too. Exactly. Like when you put on Cowboy Kush, for example, it's like, it's such a confidence that I feel like when I spray that onto my pulse points, nobody can tell me anything. Yeah. And that's who I am that day. Totally, <laughs> totally. Experience what it feels like to make loving your identity a daily ritual with a quick tour of the Boy Smells product line. We're about to explore Cowboy Kush and Violet Ends from their fragrance collection. And Grace, Slow Burn, and Hinoki Phantom from their candle collection. So Kush was kind of our first hit fragrance, yeah. the original Kush. Um, and obviously the world's come a long way too. That was kind of before <laughs> the legalization of cannabis. And, you know, it kind of felt like it was like definitely part of the culture, but not, you know, obviously there's it's so different. The landscape now yeah. around like CBD and, and cannabis is so different now than when we invented Kush, but it was such a hit that we kind of wanted to like see if we could franchise out kind of that, that thing. And I was like, Oh, like, I love this idea of like cowboy Kush, like doing this kind of like more rustic leathery kind of version. And, you know, cannabis strains themselves all have all these different kind of olfactive, it's like wine, you know, they're like different right. tannins and stuff like that. So, um, we invented cowboy Kush and it's like, it's, it now surpasses regular Kush, I think on our D to C sales. It's such a great scent and it's, it's really so good. fun. And it's funny. Um, I'm sure you'll ask me about a slow burn in a little bit, but um, <laughs> when we were inventing Cowboy Kush, that's right around when Casey DM'd us and was like, we should do something. And I was like, oh my God, I'm working on this scent. We should call it Cowgirl Kush, you know? Fine. And so, uh, but she was like, oh, and then we kind of went the whole thing of like, oh, we should do something called slow burn. But um, that's a fun little anecdote. Uh, but yeah, I love Cowboy Kush is great. It, it's very... It is. It's it's very confident, like you it said. Is. I mean, since we're talking about slow burn, mm-hmm. let's talk about slow burn. So it all started in the DMs. All started in the DMs. Love that. So um, much happens in the DMs. So much <laughs> happens in the DMs, indeed. Um, I Casey's great. She's such a fantastic person, and she has really good taste, um, which I which is really makes it really easy to work with her. Yeah. And ugh, the whole thing was so fun. She DM'd us, and then. We decided we'd do it, and then I went to New York, and we went to the fragrance houses all all day, and you know they present different, they presented different things, and we found a couple of things we liked, and you know 
like we started to create and, and, and pull out certain notes and, and all that kind of stuff. But the cool thing about Casey is that we have genderful values and, you know, that is genderful values are for everybody because mm-hmm. for Casey, you know, country music is this very old school boys club environment. And I know she's told me that a lot of country music radio stations won't play her music yeah. or that she wasn't allowed to be nominated for a country music Grammy and stuff. And she doesn't really kowtow to the expectations of others. And, you know, she's a woman writing and producing her own music in Nashville, which is actually like pretty rare um, from what I hear. And so for her, she's totally expanding the definition of her gender in that world. So she definitely, whenever we do a collab, it always has to like fall, just doesn't match our values. So Casey does, which is really great. And yeah, so we, we just went to the fragrance houses we picked the scent. We de- I designed some packaging. She had some comments. It went back and forth. We even planned the entire event and the decor of it, what people would eat at it. You know, all together, she's super hands-on partner. And we came out with that candle right at the end of that album cycle. Mm-hmm. And it just sold out in like an hour or something like that. We wow. thought we purchased enough units to like, because we'd never done anything like that. Right. I just didn't know. Like we had no, we had no, we had no example or case study to to figure it out. So that was February of 2020. Oh wow! And then it sold out. I don't know some crazy amount, short amount of time. And then all of a sudden there was like a twenty thousand person like wait list for it, and we took pre orders on it. Mm-hmm. We're like, this will ship out, you know in in may or something like that or or i think it was not may i think that's when it actually did ship out but i think we said it'd be like three months or something um so about a month later we were in paris uh for sales uh during for paris fashion week and that's when like COVID happened right you know? everything changed yeah <laughs> And so we like flew back early, but then supply chain got totally crazy. Yeah. The candle factory got shut down. And so doing those subs, having a hit product with a lot of demand while the world is shutting down was definitely a very um, interesting and um, kind of like it was a wild ride for sure. You yeah. know, figuring all of that out logistics wise was like, we definitely had to learn a lot very, very quickly, but um, we had a really great team and we did figure it out, but that that's a whole, that, 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 that year the company grew really fast and because, you know, everybody wanted a candle, but that whole, that whole time period is like a whole nother oh, yeah. several chapters. I could, <laughs> I could talk on and on and on about. Yeah. Can you tell me about the notes that you used in Slow Burn? Yes. Um, Slow Burn is exactly like it sounds, you know, I think okay. of Slow Burn also as kind of like an ember, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it definitely has this warm glow to it. So it has like incense and frankincense and tonka bean and Ooh. some woods some really like rare woods in there but it also has a little bit of rose and a little bit of like raspberry blossom in there a raspberry leaf in it and so it kind of has this like a touch of sweetness a touch of sharpness um and that that rose obviously is like so voluptuous and scent and it's got a little bit of spice in there too. It's just really kind of like 
And the, that incense note, I think, is, like, what really kind of, like, carries the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, it just has that kind of, like, the raspberry and the rose gives that warmth to it. The incense gives that smokiness with the woods. And then the spice is that extra kick. It's really... It really is kind of like exactly what the song, you would think the song would smell like. Oh, amazing. You can put the song on and burn it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> People do all the time. I mean, well, speaking of collaborations, congratulations on your recent collab with Grace Jones. I'd oh, love to hear about that candle. Yeah, Grace is fantastic. That candle's amazing. When we thought about who we would want to work with after Slow Burn, you know, I was like, I think Grace Jones like really reflects our brand values so much, yes. you know, she's kind of the original gender disruptor and she's always been equally masculine as she is feminine. And that's probably why she's like, seems so powerful, you know? That's Grace Jones in a 1985 interview for HSV7 in Melbourne, Australia. She's above and beyond expectations, um, and she's a fabulous person as well. And that scent, ugh, I love so much. It's like salty musks and like Ooh. freesia and rose and bergamot and black pepper. And then there's this like gravel accord in it. Huh. She was really inspired by this idea of like after the rain in Jamaica and like the salty sea air and all like the flora of the island and stuff. And it's just a really kind of like, it's really sexy. And we we're also talking about like her old outfits and like leather alaya and like performing and these like fragrances that she used to wear. And we kind of like pulled on a little bit of everything, yeah. you know, to create this scent. and. It's it's fan it's fantastic. It really is. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to smell it. Um, Violet ends. Who are you when you put on Violet ends? Violet ends for a long time was my number one go to. Okay. Like it was really at kind of um, it's super genderful. I'll put it that way. It is like violet and rhubarb um, and bergamot. These and like these very alive kind of like pretty you know, traditional fragrance things. And the violet is so kind of, I love violet. It's such a, it's such a pretty scent. Um, but then it mixes like black tea Ooh. and tobacco and birch tar and like all these kind of like really, really moody things. So on one end, it's like very pretty and like very alive and like a hint of fruit and like really sweet and cute. And then on the other end, it's like, super moody and super grumpy and kind of stormy and um i just love that scent because i think it's really everything we do is genderful but that one to me felt like very me it felt mm -hmm. like very like personal um and i it's not like the one i wear every day anymore because we've created so many things since then and i'm always kind of in love with what's next um but uh yeah 
that that one's a classic. It's been one of our best sellers. It's it's really fantastic. Yeah, and for good reason. Does yeah. it kind of take you back to that point in your life whenever you smell for it? For sure. Yeah. I mean, I remember working like when I smell that scent, I think about like the marketing decks we were working on yeah. and the campaign around it and, you know, like what we, everything that it meant to us at the time. And I remember getting the final mod in from the fragrance house and we like finally got it to the right point and it was exactly what we wanted it to be. And it just has that kind of like, it has like a really beautiful tension in it too. Mm -hmm. And we were still in the pandemic. And I think there was something kind of just about that sense of tension in the air of like, <laughs> of like hope and also despair and kind of all those, like that whole kind of melting pot of like unknown and stuff like that felt like really right for then. Definitely. Last but certainly not least, the Hinoki Fentome candle. I'd love for you to go into that and what you love so much about it. Hinoki Phantom was another one of those. When we released it, we loved it, but we didn't realize like how popular it would be. Mm -hmm. And um, that one's just beautiful. It has a beautiful Hinoki, Japanese cypress um, note, um, and then which is the Hinoki. And then the Phantom part is phantom, you know, it's yeah. the, the other side, the across the veil. So there's all these like cades and frankincense and birch tars and all these like smoky oody kind of notes in there. And that's another one where we've kind of created other phantom scents off of it. So uh, we came out with Tay Phantom, which takes like black tea and eucalyptus and then mixes it with all those smoky ingredients. And then we have Copal Phantom, which really focuses on like the Copal and then mixes in all those leather and tobaccos and smoking and all that kind of stuff. So it's really fun to play with the whole phantom idea because you can really do any scent and then make and do phantom. So it's really about like, how do you take something and then add all this kind of like smokiness, almost like meditative sense, you oh, know, because it has that very kind of like, feels kind of ancient, but modern at the same time. Yeah, like it's a moment for yourself and yeah. it's a ritual. Yeah, exactly. It's time for Scent Connection, Beyond the Binary Edition. Marianne brings up an artist who has challenged the gender binary, and Matthew shares the scent that immediately comes to mind. You ready to play Scent Connection? Yes. So let's kick it off with David Bowie. Oh, it'd have to be something kind of electrifying, right? Oh, yes. Something very sparkly on top, probably. Something that feels kind of almost like fizzy. Probably like some citrus in there. I don't know. Like definitely some spice notes on top. Mm -hmm. um, maybe some fresh like aldehydes. I don't know. Like something very kind of like, like, um, like alchemical, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Some herbs too in there. You know, something very like almost spacey and earthy in the exactly. same time. He's the star man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So next we have Freddie Mercury. Mm, definitely, I feel like musk would be a big yes. one on that. Um, salty, um, something kind of like brash and loud. Maybe there's some oud and some like splinters of woods, like cedar and sandalwood Ooh, and stuff. I love that. Um, Patty Smith. Oh, I feel like patchouli and tulips and kind of things that just meander and I just I love her lyrics and they kind of just are so fluid and stuff so maybe some like kind of seasideness in there too just to give it some like 
wateriness and some fluidity in there would be cool too. I like it. Harry Styles. I mean, you gotta. It's gotta be watermelon, of course, for sure. <laughs> um, I don't know, but flowers too. Like, I really love his style and kind of just his overall like playfulness and stuff. So. Definitely like some fruit notes, some flowers, um, something like fun and fresh and kind of not too serious. Yes, I feel like that's very hairy. Yeah. And of course, the icon, the legend, Dolly Parton. Ah, well, it's got to smell like meadows and daisies yes. and honeysuckles and just everything like pure Americana happiness, fresh cut grass, things like that. Oh, I love it. Joanne could never. <laughs> I love Dolly Parton. She's, she's like, to me, like, I don't know, like a prophet or something, you know, she's everything. I I think that she's wise and like the way that she lives her life and the principles she lives by are just absolutely what we should all aspire to. I agree. So I know one of your big influences when you were in fashion was Alexander McQueen. Can you tell me a little bit more about that and the impact that his work had on you? I mean, McQueen's influence on me was kind of went even back to like high school because I remember like I used to stay up late and watch like fashion TV and stuff. I think it was like on E! or something. Um, And, you know, I I loved like staying up late and trying to always catch that. Um, And he had this interview where he talked about like, the duality of everything and the tension of dualities and that just like totally opened something up in me like this idea of like two sides of one coin like interacting with each other and then he was talking about how he was mixing these ideas of drapery with these like structured ideas of tailoring and like Mm. a jacket would kind of like devolve into a draped dress and things like that and I thought that that was just so interesting like masculinity is very much like linear thinking um and it's very binary um so you know and tailoring is really like that it's all about like cutting up the cloth and like defining the body and then i love this idea of like tailoring i mean of drapery being feminine it's much more holistic thinking rather than linear thinking it's a holistic treatment of the fabric Mm -hmm. itself and how it drapes and this kind of I started to like, there were just like different little moments where like somebody just says something in your life and you're like, that's now informs kind of how I see everything. Yeah. And so there was another book that I read um, called The Alphabet Versus the Goddess that talked about how like literacy overstimulates our masculine side of the brain, whereas like visual art stimulates our feminine side of the huh. brain. And like this idea of like feminine and masculine thinking and like the com and how they like intersect has always been super interesting to me. So there's been a couple of moments like that where you're just and then it kind of you go through the rest of your life kind of understanding like that there are dualities in all of us that should be kind of explored and expressed and to cut yourself off from one half of yourself is to do yourself kind of an injustice. Exactly. It's kind of giving you a disadvantage if you're like completely ignoring this one side of you just because it's different from what you know. Yeah, totally. And it's like, it doesn't even have to be masculine and feminine. I think one thing that's interesting in fragrance is there's all this kind of implicit sexism and based in expectations around what you smell like. So like men are supposed to smell like woods and musk because they're like animalistic and strong. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like toxic masculinity exactly. and then women are supposed to smell like 
flowers and fruits. And those are things that like perish easily and are delicate. And like, there's kind of this like fragility, this implied fragility huh. in those sense too. So I, I think of myself as like being, I think of like, when I think of flowers and fruits, I think of like my more emotional side. And when I think about like woods or must, I think about more of my like analytical side and you know that kind of sense of getting something done with like the emotion around you that's happening. Like that's kind of intuition to me, you know? So for me, always like pulling on your masculine and your feminine um, always feels like the most powerful way to go through a situation and Definitely. to like best inform your judgment around something. So when we talk about genderful or we talk about genderful fragrances, it's really just trying to like kind of take like a more holistic approach to like your own identity. And you had me thinking like, oh my gosh, that's so right. Like women leaning fragrances are so fragile. And well, I guess the, the metropolitanization of America, when people started moving out of the country and into cities, like gender roles started becoming a lot more defined mm-hmm. and marketed to and women started staying at home and like men started going out to work. Whereas before everybody just pitched in on the farm, you know right. what I mean? And so just from a marketing point of view, people just started to become a lot more binary and like how the products and how they defined the genders. Okay. I love how the boy, like the boy smells mission is kind of like undoing that. Yeah. One thing that I really loved was how you positioned or you spoke about how boy smells was a love letter to your younger self. Mm-hmm. And I know I have no right to be, but I'm like so proud of you and how you've really just disrupted the scent industry with boy smells. And I'm a big believer in you should do something every day or let the thing that motivates you be something that would make your 13 year old self extremely proud. So what is one thing that you would say to your 13 year old self if given the chance? It's so funny. My best friend from when I was 13 texted me the other day and was like, we had just launched the Grace thing and I put like a selfie on with me and Grace, like on our Instagram, on my Instagram story. She was like, oh my God, our 13 year old selves are flipping out yes. right now. Um, I don't know. I think to my 13 year old self, I would say um, it's always hard because, you know, I think like the path that you're on is like the path that you're supposed to be on in right. life, like directs you like where you're supposed to be. So there's so much I've learned along the way that I would want that to be like, a surprise but I think I would just say to be patient with yourself and be patient with the world around you and that change and fulfillment and you know all of those things that you're seeking will come with time and just to be more open to it also when it happens. I love what you said because I feel like when you are 13 and going through all of these things and you have so many emotions, you don't know if what you're feeling is the way to be feeling. And I think also we very much grew up in the age of, I don't know when you were 13, but I was watching things like those 90s teen movies that very Mm -hmm. much thought within binaries. And I love what you said because it's basically just, it ties up with a really nice bow, like the ethos of voicemails. You are valid. Your expression is wonderful. And we're here to support that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Matthew. I have so much fun. This is a great break in my day and I never get to do stuff like this. So it's, it's, it's been great. Thank you. Come back anytime. (laughs) That was Marianne Machescu and Matthew Herman from Boy Smells. 
based in Los Angeles, California. Up next on Scent World, stop and smell the roses with Michelle Feeney, the founder of Floral Street. You've been listening to Scent World. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts, and as a thank you, we'll send you a free 8-milliliter travel spray of a fragrance of your choice and a Scentbird atomizer case. Go to podcast.scentbird.com slash reviews to redeem. This is a limited-time offer valid for the month of March while supplies last. Scent World is a Scentbird original series produced by Flowship. Today's episode was executive produced by Maria Nurislamova. Produced by Mike Giordani. Edited by Ramiro Gava. Mixed by Alex Roses. Production support by Peely Melendez. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thank you.